Hello, I'd like to welcome you to a new podcast entitled You Are Your Uterus, A History. My name is Dr. Victoria Della Torre, and I have a PhD in history from New York University, a JD from George Washington University, and over 20 years of teaching at the university level at places like NYU, City College, and Cooper Union, all in New York, at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, and at the University of San Diego in San Diego. I've taught a broad array of courses in different fields. But about 12 years ago, I developed a course for the University of San Diego History Department entitled American Women in History. And during that time, each time I taught the course, I researched more, I read more, I added things, I took things out, I honed it, I wanted it to be a tight, well-constructed argument about what is the experience of American women in history. And the evidence led me to a very specific interpretation, and that is that you are your uterus. After many years, I came to understand that a patriarchal society reduces women to their biology, their physiology, the fact that a woman has a uterus and its corresponding functions of menstruation and pregnancy is the basis upon which a patriarchal Western society relegates women to a lesser place in society. And that is still around. It's only been in the recent past, in the last 50, 60 years, where you've started to see large numbers of women in places like medical schools, law schools, in the sciences. And that is a recent phenomenon and is still fraught with ingrained, deeply rooted sexism. I mean, if you look at some of the evidence, Ruth Bader Ginsburg used to talk about her time in law school uh, in the 50s when the dean of the law school asked the five women what they deserve, what they did to deserve being there and because they were taking up the place of a man. There are stories of women in the 70s who were in physics classes and calculus classes trying to major in engineering. And when they sat down, all the men in the class moved away from them. And you have to ask, where does that attitude come from? Well, before I get into that, I would like to take a moment and speak to the LGBTQ plus community and anyone else interested in that. In no way am I stating that a woman to identify as a woman requires a uterus because we know now that gender is fluid. It's on a spectrum and it's so much more beyond just the simple binary of man, woman. But the binary construct of patriarchal society in which women are defined by men is based on biology and physics and historically has been the way that society has organized the roles of men and women. Remember, too, that when somebody refers to one's sex, they are referring to your biology that you were born with. But when somebody uses the term gender, gender refers to the cultural construct around men and women and an LGBTQ community. It is this gender construct that I'm going to focus on because it's a construct built by a patriarchal culture where men defined the nature of each sex. And historically, consistently, that construct begins with a woman's biology. And 
defines that biology is something that makes her lesser. It makes her incapable of a broader role in society in the public spaces. So, for example, that's why women were kept out of the colleges, the universities, the medical schools, the law school, the religious schools, the, the seminaries, and the sciences. And you have to think about women still struggle in those areas. And again, because it's only been in the very recent past that that has changed, and because the long and deep-rooted history is still a huge part of our society. Now, I'd like to say, why is this subject important? What do I hope to achieve by with this podcast? Two things. The first is that I believe that if you want to understand the society that you're living in, it requires a historical context. And that context goes back thousands of years, we will only touch on that. Most of what I will be talking about will be within American history. The other goal I hope to achieve is to ask, why is all this left out? Why didn't you learn about any of the things that I'm going to talk about in these podcast recordings in your history classes? After all, you're required to take American history in fifth grade, eighth grade, and 11th grade. And I can tell you that, uh, Certainly my experience and even my kids' experience, not a lot has changed in terms of the way that history is taught. The terrible task of memorizing dates and memorizing the order of the presidents and all of that. History is much more than that. And I don't teach history by asking somebody to memorize a date and then spit it back to me on a multiple choice test. Now, of course, there's going to be some dates, but only in as much as the date of a particular era helps us understand, okay, it was in this era that a particular attitude prevailed. So men defined women a specific way and then constructed a societal role where all the areas of public life as I said, law, economics, education, religion, all of them were used to defend that lesser place and to explain it scientifically or religiously. The specific history of women, when you look at the history of American women, is a history of systemic sexism, similar to race, where race systematically has been used to oppress black people and people of color, starting with our own constitution that defined black people as three-fifths of a human. And throughout American history, their systemic Jim Crow laws and economic systems that maintained a lesser place in society for blacks and other people of color. Now, I want to read you a quick quote about history to kind of tie up why I think it's so important. One of my favorite figures in history is a man named Leonardo Bruni. Who the hell is that? Well, he was a Renaissance humanist, and he was a huge part of the revival of classical education during the Renaissance. And when he wrote about learning and the courses one should take, he made it very clear 
that first among such studies I place history, a subject which must not on any account be neglected. It is our duty to understand the origins of our own history and its development. For the careful study of the past enlarges our foresight in contemporary affairs and affords citizens lessons of incitement or warning in the ordering of public policy. So yes, if you want to understand why your society is the way that it is, you have to look at history. And we'll be looking at the specific history of women. I'm going to give you a few examples of that first goal of understanding uh, your current society. Britney Spears has been in the news a lot recently, especially the last six months or so. And the whole discussion centered on this 13-year conservatorship that was forced upon her. Well, when everyone talked about it and they talked about the legal issues in the case, I didn't hear a lot of discussion that put this in a context that goes back and can help explain why this happened to Brittany. The idea that men get to define what crazy is or when a woman is incapable of managing her own life, that goes back a long way. But most especially in the 19th century, when we started to see doctors focus on mental health. So when I look at what happened to Brittany, the first thing I say is that would never have happened to Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber, any other male pop star. And that is because men understand the psychology of other men in a very different way. And women are such that they need to be protected from themselves. I also thought very hard about the testimony of those American gymnasts to Congress, where they talked about the fact that they went to the FBI with all of their evidence about the molestation and abuse by the team doctor, and yet it took 15 months before anything was done. And it was a lot of male FBI agents. Why? What? They didn't believe them? Their story didn't count? I was infuriated. And when I look at just general things, like, for example, women's reproductive rights, why women are paid less, why there's no paid family leave, why women are still judged so much by their looks and what they wear. And if you go back and understand the roots of all that, you will understand current events and your own society and your own place in that society far better. And this is not just you as a woman. I'm talking about everyone in society. Every single person can benefit by understanding the deep historical roots that have shaped our society. So how has our society historically defined women and her role in society? I want to broaden it so your understanding of the issues of what is happening now is based on an understanding of what came before. What came before shows us a society that oppresses women and put in place a very well-oiled systematic sexism. Now, the second goal I talked about 
is why wasn't this taught? Why was it left out? And why is it still left out even now? Here's a couple of examples. Obviously, I love all sorts of history shows on TV, in particular the History Channel. Well, sort of. Because I started watching a show called The Men Who Built America, and I had to turn it off after about 10 minutes because I found it so offensive. And it was a multi-part show. There's a show about the frontiersmen who built America. There's shows on wars and presidents. And where's the women who built America? Where are all the other people who are responsible for America? Why don't they have a show like that? Call me History Channel. I would love to do one. I also am a big fan of the great courses now called Wondrium. And I've listened to many, many lectures. There are some great historians on that site. But for example, the history of the United States is a little bit old now that's on the site. And the, 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 the instructors are three white men. Where are the women? Why hasn't it been updated? Why is there no one of color? And the same thing, there was a new history of the American South and I was hard pressed to listen to it because it sounded like apologetic to me and apologetic in the way of like, well, we don't have anything to apologize for. There's no specific course in the great courses now, Wondrium, about women in America and about the women who helped forge different parts of Western society. Interestingly, there are little bits. So there will be, for example, on a series of lectures on ancient Greece, there's a half a lecture on women. Uh, there is, very interestingly, a whole course on Roman women that is fascinating if you want to go back that far. But there isn't really a, the same way that there are systematic explanations for other historical periods and events. There isn't more, one that takes consideration of women. Now, I want to introduce you to a book that came out quite a while ago entitled Lies My Teacher Told Me. And it's by a man named James W. Lowen. And the book has been revised recently. And I love this book. His goal was he took 12 te textbooks from around the country, high school level, and went through them, not so much to look at mistakes as much as omissions. Why were certain things left out? So, for example, he begins his history with a great opening chapter about hero making. And the subjects of this chapter are Woodrow Wilson and Helen Keller. And most Americans might have heard of these people, but the things that you've heard left out a lot of things that are really important. For example, Helen Keller, they've been teaching about Helen Keller since I was in grade school. But what they taught and what they still focus on is this girl who was deaf, dumb, and blind and overcame that with her teacher. But why didn't they talk about what Helen Keller did after she was able to function despite the fact that she could not speak or hear or uh, see? Well, she became a suffragette, a socialist, eventually a communist. She was very active in the progressive era. But they left all that out, and that makes her a far more interesting and important person. Likewise with Woodrow Wilson, 
they left out the incredible racism of Wilson and his wife and the damage that they did to the federal government employees by taking away some of these incredibly important positions that African Americans had held since Reconstruction. So that's left out. And when you go through the textbooks, you will see a lot of that. Anybody who has a kid, pick up their textbook. The only thing that I have to fault Mr. Lowen about is that in his second edition, he came to answer some of the critiques of his book. And in his afterword to his newer editions, he said, Lies mentions the subjects of women's history and the history of gender from time to time, but makes no thorough critique of how textbooks present women's history and gender issues. And I thought, why not? Isn't that part of the whole thing? And so I looked up his footnote and he said, one reason I do not devote a chapter to these topics is that others have repeatedly done the job. And he gives some great uh, citations to important historians. But he should have at least talked about how textbooks leave it out. Because I can tell you that when I looked through American history textbooks, I am incensed because there's maybe a page and a half in an 1,100-page textbook about the pioneers of the women's movement. Some of you may have heard of them, Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony. But it's very general and barely scratches the surface of what these women were arguing when it came to trying to expand the role of women in society. It wasn't just about the vote. I was also incensed that they left out in some uh, one particular book, I remember, The American Pageant. I said, where's Alice Paul? Where are the suffragettes from the turn of the century who endured violence, being beat up, being put in jail, going on hunger strikes, and being tortured by force feeding? These women who were the first group to ever picket the White House, women who considered themselves political prisoners because they were fighting for equality in a democracy. Where's the discussion of the 1876 centennial where women had a huge protest? And similarly, in the 1889 centennial of the Constitution. Those are just a few examples. And I keep saying, why is this stuff still left out? Well, one other note I want to make and it can help answer that question, and it certainly can help illuminate some of the debates about history that are going on currently. And that is that history as a profession, where historians considered themselves a profession and obtained a degree and wrote books based on archival research, is really a recent phenomenon. It only goes back to the 19th century. And during that time, that is a period when countries were becoming quite nationalistic, where there was an attempt to unify the populations around stories and identities that were specific to your region, to your country, to your language. And so when I think of American history textbooks, they have a very specific goal, and that is to create an image, an idea of how American America came to be, but one that leaves out a lot of the things that 
reflect badly on the reality that the promise of America, the promise of the language and the Declaration and the Constitution did not come to fruition for anyone besides white men until late in the 20th century and is even still being fought today. So we're going to cover subjects chronologically. I will start in 1776, but my first two podcasts after this one are going to go to the roots, the very deep roots. And by that, I mean, we're going to look at uh, Greco-Roman and Judeo-Christian roots because that is the basis of our society. I will also spend some time talking about the 19th century construction of the ideal woman. Now, although I'm going to do American history chronologically, from time to time, I will focus on a specific topic and I'll backtrack and go, okay, we're going to start back at the beginning. And it's subjects that I have done research on that I wasn't able to include in the courses when I taught them. For example, women in sports. I only get the time to barely cover it. And it's going to be its own special podcast. And I want to make a note right now and thank whoever did the commercial during the Olympics where they played Burt Parks' Miss America song that they sang to Miss America after she won and got her crown and her roses. They put that song and instead had images of incredible, badass, beautiful female athletes. And it really touched me. And the reason why is I grew up watching Miss America with my grandmother, with my sister. And I thought, hey, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to have that little flipped hairdo and a bow in my hair. And I'm going to have torpedo tits and a tight little waist and hips. Well, guess what? I never ended up looking like that. But it was the idea that the song says, here comes Miss America, your ideal. And so that commercial just resonated so much. I also want to spend uh, a special podcast looking at women in the military, um, women in medicine. And I'm even going to do a podcast that has nothing to do with American history, only tangentially. And it will cover the witch hunts that occurred in the 16th to the 18th century. So I'm looking forward to you joining me uh, for another podcast. The next podcast will be entitled Fucking Aristotle. And I'll explain to you how I got that title next time. That's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me on my podcast, You Are Your Uterus, A History. And I invite you to get in touch with me. Please go to my Facebook page, Dr. Victoria Della Torre, and please leave any comments or suggestions that you might have, or feel free to email me at drvdlt at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time. This has been a production of the Yali Christina Company.